This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, the icy conditions on roads in northern Alabama are still a factor starting this week. Dozens of school systems in the Tennessee Valley have called off classes for Monday and are doing remote learning instead. The rest of the week, the temperatures here in Alabama will increase into the 50s and 60s, which will eliminate the problem that continues to linger right now from last week's winter storm. U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville is offering a bill that would stop the swatting of innocent people's homes. Tuberville is joining Senators Rick Scott and Mike Rounds in offering the Preserving Safe Communities by Ending Swatting Act. Tennessee Congressman David Kustoff will introduce the bill into the U.S. House. The bill expands on a federal law regarding hoaxes and includes swatting through false information given to police and classifies that as a hoax. The bill also increases penalties for those who engage in a swatting phone call. Both Tuberville and Senator Scott had their homes swatted in December of 2023. Scott called it a clear attempt to terrorize the families of politicians and elected officials. By the end of this week, the state of Alabama will be implementing its first ever execution by way of nitrogen hypoxia. Death row inmate Kenneth Eugene Smith will be the first inmate who is subjected to this new method. That execution date is set for this Thursday. The state did try to execute Smith in 2022 through lethal injection. However, a main line could not be established into Smith's veins, so the execution had to be scrapped. Alabama has since established a protocol and procedure for using the nitrogen hypoxia method. Two other states, Oklahoma and Mississippi, have laws that allow for this same method of execution, but they have yet to make that actually happen. The attorneys for Smith are, of course, going through a series of appeals that might take it all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Currently, they made arguments to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals this past Friday. The Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources has issued some advice for hunters as they head out into the woods after the state experienced some winter weather last week. The ALDCNR says hunters should check their deer stands for storm damage before they climb up into it, especially to look for the support beams for that stand and make sure that they're still sturdy and in place. They could have been affected by the recent freeze. Also, any nearby trees that are ready to fall could also be a major hazard that's waiting to happen. Deer season in Alabama runs through the entire month of January. Birmingham native Nick Dunlap has become the first amateur golfer to win in a PGA Tour game in 30 years. 20-year-old Dunlap is also the youngest to win in the PGA since 1910. Dunlap is a sophomore at the University of Alabama. He played at the American Express Tournament in Palm Springs, California this past Sunday. Here is the video footage of the Alabama team bus watching Dunlap on the interior television as he made his final and winning putt. Come on, Nick. Come on, Nick. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, two U.S. Navy SEALs have had their status changed to deceased. The U.S. Central Command confirmed that after a 10-day exhaustive search for the bodies of those two SEALs, nothing has come up. The two men were part of an operation taking place off the coast of Somalia regarding a vessel that was carrying Iran-manufactured missiles and was bound for the country of Yemen in order for those missiles to be used by Houthi militants to attack Israel. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now out of the Republican presidential primary just a day before the primary voting occurs in New Hampshire. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. Trump released a statement thanking DeSantis for his endorsement. Both Trump and Haley held rallies over the weekend in New Hampshire. Haley held hers in a high school auditorium. Trump's was packed out in a sports arena where he engaged in a master stroke of political campaigning when he brought out two South Carolina leaders, which is the state where Haley is from and where she served as governor, by the way. Those state leaders urged Republicans in New Hampshire to be a part of a victory trifecta for Trump. Here is the South Carolina Speaker of the House. My name is Merle Smith. I'm the Speaker of the South Carolina House. I served with Nikki Haley in the General Assembly. I held a fundraiser for her when she ran for governor at my home. But I can tell you right now, I, as, a, as well as a majority of my colleagues in the leadership of the South Carolina House of Representatives and members, are supporting Donald Trump. <laughs> you are in a unique position. You are in a sacred position right now because Tuesday you can come out and vote and, and have Donald Trump win this primary overwhelming and send a message to the Republican Party in this state. And I tell you this, if you do that and you win by a big margin here, we'll finish a job in South Carolina. So thank you. God bless you. South Carolina Governor Henry McMasters then came in and wrapped it up with this appeal. We're here for one reason. You've heard this, those great philosophers, the Spice Girls, tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Well, that's what we're here to do, to tell you what we in South Carolina want, what we really, really want. And there he is, right there. The divorce case documents belonging to Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade in Georgia are now out, and it is evidence that is going to do some major damage to Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and her efforts to charge Donald Trump with trying to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in that state. The credit card statements belonging to Nathan Wade show a series of vacation purchases that he made that also included Willis as his traveling companion. This provides further evidence to the allegations that Wade and Willis were having an affair while both working on the case against Trump and that Willis was paying Wade taxpayer money for his work while also benefiting with all the vacations he was taking her on. The two traveled to San Francisco, Napa Valley, Belize, Aruba, Miami, and at the end of 2023, Australia, all of which are not places connected in any way to the case that they're working on. This latest evidence comes after Wade's wife, Jocelyn, submitted a divorce filing this past Friday in which she shared the bank statements that show the purchases made by Wade. Wade filed for divorce from his wife of 20-plus years the day after he was offered a contract by Willis to be special prosecutor on this RICO case, and the RICO case is something that Wade had zero experience in prosecuting before that time.
Another big case in the state of Georgia recently had a bombshell moment last Friday in federal court. Curling versus Raffensperger is the case. It was filed back in 2017, and it challenges the Dominion voting system, in particular the ballot marking devices. So what happened last week in the courtroom was computer science and engineering professor J. Alex Halderman demonstrated right before Judge Totenberg's eyes how easy it is to hack the ballot marking device. What Halderman did was witnessed by reporter Amber Connor. Connor details to the Gateway Pundit how Halderman borrowed a simple pen from the defense attorney in this case, and then using the pen to depress the on-off button at the back of the machine, was able to put it into a safe mode. As he's pushing it for five to ten seconds to instigate the reboot, but before you reboot the whole thing, there'll, there'll be something that comes up to ask if he wants to go into safe mode. And then he pushes yes. So it doesn't shut it down or reboot. He just goes into safe mode. And that allows him to open up files and change the content of files. That's, that's huge. Yes. Anybody who understood coding and had grown up with a computer and knew like about computer viruses, knows how to insert malware, knows how to use USB transfer data, change files, and um, reconfigure settings, and if they had the knowledge of what they were supposed to do, then they would know how to go into safe mode. And and when, when you go into safe mode, you can then become a super user. And the super user is the, is the vulnerable command that allows you to bypass normal security controls. Some House Republicans have crafted a bill that prohibits U.S. taxpayer money from going to the World Economic Forum anymore. The House Republicans call the WEF a transnational organization with goals that are misguided, elitist, and anti-American. The Defund Davos Act would keep money from being used by the U.S. State Department or the Agency for International Development or any other federal agency from sending money over to the WEF in any way. Speaking of the WEF, last week was the group's annual conference. It was held in Switzerland. The president of the Heritage Foundation here in the U.S., Kevin Roberts, was able to attend some meetings in Davos, and he also took the opportunity to blast the global elitists in a very similar fashion as what was done by Argentinian President Javier Malay. It's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and, and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that's your part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, ba- based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful 
and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth, China. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 